Seven, six, five, four, three, two, one. You'll never have me, sacred stone. <laughs> oh, this new crazy mother. What's up to the League of Wildness? Before we jump into the episode, just have a few quick announcements for you guys. The first is Isocore X. It's our dynamic shoulder strengthening system is back in stock. It's something I use almost every single day to take my shoulders through full range of motion, get the blood flow, and keep my shoulder joints healthy for the long game. So something to check out for sure as part of your training ecosystem. And the second thing is we have the Pocket Monkey 2, the PM2 training upgrade. It's available through the website and then it's, you can access it on the monkey app. So there's four programs. They're awesome. And I'd like to highlight the combo program, which is a program that combines essentially any pocket monkey or monkey bar like device. So pocket monkey, pocket monkey two, monkey bars two, or other like device with monkey 360. Awesome training. The feedback has been super excited, super positive. And I think you guys will love it. So something to consider. All right, let's dive into the episode. What's up to the League of Wildness? Wildman Dan here, and welcome to the Live Wild or Die podcast. Guys, it's been a minute. I apologize. There's a lot going on right now, but no excuses. There's always time to chat with the league. So getting back on the mic. I've got three main topics I wanted to go over, maybe a fourth. So we'll go through it, see where we're at, and keep the conversation going. But I'm going to start off right away by just fire update. And for those of you that are not aware of this or have not heard, there was the Marshall Fire here in Colorado. That was on December 30th of 2021. There was like, there was literally a hundred mile an hour winds. He's crazy. It's called a phone wind. And it's this phenomenon of just the air moving over the mountains and essentially accelerating as it drops down the other side. So I live just outside of Boulder, Colorado. We've got the Rocky mountains just shooting straight out of the plains here, more or less. And man, some days when the wind, when this, when the then the conditions are correct, man, it just rips across. So it was one of those days and, um, I actually went for a run that morning, just a little breezy, but then a few hours later it was like hurricane force. This fire started and it essentially burned our entire neighborhood down. Our home did not burn. However, it is still is smoke damage and just, it's essentially like a hazmat zone all around us. And with kids and the dog and just the way we live, it just doesn't make sense to be back until the debris cleanup is done. So essentially 50 feet to the West of us, there's the start of hundreds of homes that are burned to the ground. It's super sad. It's, it, it's like, it's one of those things where every time I come back to the house to get mail or meet with a contractor to do some cleanup work or whatever, I don't get used to it. It actually gets worse. It's like I get more and more depressed every time we go back. So that's, that's actually, um, it's kind of one of the rare things in life where I've noticed that where it's like something actually gets worse the more I'm exposed to it versus kind of this conditioning or getting used to it. So I haven't, uh, talked about that a lot, but yeah, that's just the way it's been. But 
what's supposed to happen is essentially the county, county, city, as well as FEMA are all kind of coordinating to clean up these hundreds of homes that are, they're still just burn stuff everywhere. Cars, foundations, chimneys, just whatever was in these homes is still sitting across the street. That debris cleanup process is supposed to start relatively soon here, but there's a lawsuit now because of some governmental process that may or may not have been done correctly. And so we, the people, once again, are <laughs> waiting on the powers of B. So hopefully it's hopefully it's supposed to pick up here soon, but again, there's nothing on the calendar. So we'll see what happens. I think we've moved 13 or 14 times since December 30th. We were living in a hotel for a while, which with two young kids and a dog sucks. No way around it. Just not an ideal situation. So we got out of there. We're in an Airbnb in Boulder now, which has been awesome. There's a hot tub, so I can't complain. But getting in uh, a little environmental conditioning on the heat side with that, which has been cool. But the long-term plan right now is we're going to be moving to this farmhouse uh, in a town called Lafayette, which is actually where we used to live. And, um, it's like on a 35 acre property, something like that. It's a hundred and it's over a hundred years old. The home itself, it's not super fancy or anything like that, but it's totally livable. It's got a pretty sweet view of the mountains, which I'm psyched on. And there's a huge area to certainly engage in some wildness. And there's actually like this little grove of pine. So I'm stoked to set up a little outdoor training zone, get some archery targets set up and, uh, yeah, just enjoy kind of country living for a little bit. And man, like one thing, and I'm speaking to a lot of you here, but you know, one thing going through this has really, I mean, the, the brightest light from any of any of this has been just the community outreach. And that's both locally, just the people here in Colorado that have just for no other reason than wanting to help their community members have, have reached out and we've gotten so much help. And then also the community, the league of wildness, you guys, you've, uh, you've gone above and beyond. So shout out. Thank you so much. Wildman Brock, Chris, it's, um, it's very humbling. So I appreciate it. So this house we're going to live in, it's for sale and the owner lives out of state. He wanted to help out folks from the Marshall fire. So we're essentially getting to live in this place for free. We'll pay utilities, things like that. But, um, again, it's just like the fact someone that you've never met would let you just live in their house for free is, um, it's very humbling and it's really made me empathetic to again, disasters and things that just happen. It's force majeure. It's not like you did anything stupid. You were just in the wrong place at the wrong time. So, um, I hope to be able to pay it forward and, uh, you guys should definitely keep me accountable for that as well. But yeah, so this place we're going to move into, it is, it's for sale. So there's certainly a potential it could sell the day we move in and, you know, we'd have some time to 
to figure something else out. But, um, due to the nature of the property, it seems like it'll be a longer sales cycle. So we'll have a home base for at least a little while now. It's only a few miles from our home in superior and, um, yeah, it should work out well. So I'm psyched on that. And again, just, just grateful and thankful. So that's kind of the fire update. Oh, here's what I should working with insurance. Our, our insurance carrier is state farm. It's been an awful, horrible, it's been the worst experience working with any business entity by far I've ever experienced in my life. And, um, you know, I think it's just, if you think about it, the insurance, it's a bad system and it's specifically a bad system for situations like this. Again, where it's a natural disaster, no one did anything wrong. No one did anything stupid. They're just wrong place, wrong time. So if you think about it, a publicly traded company has a fiduciary, fiduciary responsibility to the shareholders, which essentially means maximizing profit and continuing to grow year over year. That is completely antithetical to helping out the policyholders, which is going to reduce that profit and or growth year over year, especially if there's a large natural disaster. So, you know, again, it's just, I think it's highlighting kind of a, a glitch in the matrix. And like I said, the community members have been so just over and above stepping up to help us out with just little things as, as well as big things like finding us uh, a place to live. But again, when I look at it, when you take a step back and kind of take this 30,000 foot view of like this insurance industry and system we have, at least here in the United States, it's just, um, well, it, it's obviously not set up to help to maximally help the policyholder. So change takes a long time, but, um, something I've definitely been ruminating quite a bit is just this whole system and how, uh, how it could be better. Okay. Moving on to a little more, uh, a little bit more wild topics. So one thing I've been doing kind of since the fire, just as like, a. it's funny how crisis can kind of precipitate change for both good and bad, but this has been certainly a positive improvement. I've just, I've really focused on cooling down and stretching after every single workout. And it's, it's not a hundred percent success rate, but it's like in the high nineties for sure. So excuse me, what I've done in the past is, especially if I'm crunched on time, you know, you'll, you'll kind of fill out that time with the actual training component. And then you, what you'll kind of sacrifice because of that is typically a warm up and a cool down and cool down is probably the first thing that I would sacrifice myself. However, man, the last, again, since pretty much since December 30th, I've been extremely focused on this cool down process. And essentially what I'm doing is just a handful of stretches. Maybe it's four or five different stretches. It's nothing super fancy. I'm doing it on a clock and it's typically one minute to two minutes is kind of at the higher end of what I'm doing. But a few things that I'm really seeing huge, 
huge benefit from almost immediately has been a passive hang is the first thing. So essentially hanging from a pull-up bar, hanging from monkey bars, hanging from rings, essentially hanging from anything you can hang from. And uh, doing a minute can be quite challenging. And it's, it's, a, it's a loose hang. What you're not doing is like being super engaged. You want to almost relax your shoulders, let them pull up towards your ears and just let the shoulder kind of get stretched out. So doing a minute free hanging is quite difficult. So what you can do is, and what I've been doing is I'll hang, I'll try and hit that minute and then I'll use something to support my feet. Maybe it's the ground, whatever I have around me. I'll still hang, but I'll take weight off of my hands by just putting my feet on the ground and I'll be able to hit that two minute mark. But I've been doing that several times a week and it's just my shoulders feel amazing. I've always had just kind of like this anterior, so anterior front of the shoulder, kind of pinchy type pain. I think that's from playing lacrosse, playing baseball as a kid, just various reasons, having this kind of pinch point, maybe possibly an impingement issue in the front of my shoulder, but doing this passive hang has felt amazing. And so I'll do it pronated. So palms facing away, I'll do it supinated. So like a chin up palms facing towards myself. And I'll also do it neutral depending on again, what I have available. So like monkey bars would work super well for like a neutral hang. And again, this is, it's, it's taxing on the grip. And so don't, you don't need to hang like with your feet off the ground for two minutes. It's quite difficult, especially with monkey bars too. However, put your feet on the ground. It's more about just letting the shoulder relax and kind of get stretched out versus this like challenge. So again, this is a cool down process. We don't need to go hundred percent wild on it, but it's more about being intentional and getting the right stimulus from it. So passive hang has been awesome. I've been working on also the splits. So I'll do a middle split and a front split typically hold each position. So if I'm doing a front split, so that would be legs, one leg in front, one leg going back. I'll do two minutes aside, or I guess another way to think about it would be right leg front, left leg back two minutes, and then switch left leg front, right leg back two minutes. And then the middle split where your legs are going laterally out each direction. I'll just hold that for two minutes as well. That's felt really good. And it's something I've never really focused on at all. So, um, I'm certainly, I'm a long ways away from getting all the way down, but, uh, it's cool to see the progress. And what's interesting with the split specifically is I only do it maybe once or twice a week, but I, I see progress week over week. So with mobility, flexibility, I feel like it's something that if you try, at least I've always done this in the past where I'll try and do like everything every day, full body stretch. I don't think you need to do that. I think you can think about it almost how you would approach like pull-ups, push-ups, squats, any major lift. You don't necessarily need to do this intense version of those every single day. You can spread them out a little bit and still see benefits week over week, month over month. So something to consider. And then on the nutrition side, it's kind of funny how these ideas in the universe just 
kind of coalesce. Um, so basically what I've been doing, again, it's part of, it's honestly a part of it's been because of the fire being out of our house and just what's been the most convenient to cook, like in a hotel, an Airbnb, wherever we happen to be staying. But I've really, well, first things first is I've made protein like a major priority and I've certainly noticed I recover much better. I don't get as hungry throughout the day and I just kind of feel better all around. And it hasn't been a huge, I haven't had to increase it like a huge amount, but I think I just crossed this tipping point where, for example, typically I was eating like three or four eggs in the morning. Now I'm eating five eggs with potentially maybe like some leftover meat from the dinner before. And I think it's just getting, I've crossed a little bit of a threshold where I'm just getting that like full amount of protein that is optimal for myself. And, um, I've just been recovering much better from workouts. My appetite feels better. I've been sleeping pretty well. And, um, yeah, so it's been, it's been a protein first approach. And then I've also been eating just a lot of fruit. So I love citrus fruits and they're kind of in season during the winter. So I've been crushing the oranges, the mandarins, been getting a bunch of pineapple. And then, uh, I actually started drinking milk again, which I, I, I hadn't drank milk. Like it's not like I was avoiding it for any particular reason, but I just wasn't like drinking milk intentionally for years. And I just, you know, we're at some, there's some fancy grocery store near one, one of the Airbnbs we were staring at, excuse me, staying at. And I went and bought this like super local, fancy whole milk. And it was so good. So good. And so I've kind of been on this whole milk, like getting the fancy local stuff recently. And it's, it's awesome. And I, I, I tolerate it quite well. So I know some folks like my wife is one, she doesn't do super well with dairy, but man, I just, uh, I'm really enjoying it. And so I think getting this kind of protein leading with the protein and then getting this awesome carb source from the fruits and the milk. It's been, um, it's been working out really well for me. My energy feels good and kind of tying it back to my point of things floating around in the universe. I heard knees over toes guy on Rogan. This is a few weeks ago, but he was talking about his diet is mainly just meat and fruit, which I thought was, was interesting. I'd kind of like found that same, uh, what would be the right term? Same stream of thought or just approach and lifestyle. Really. It's just, it kind of, again, if you pull back of like looking at the modern supermarket, the real food, there, there's real food, right? Which is typically around the outside. So you have your fruits, vegetables, meat, and then everything on the inside in the aisles, that's all the packaged packaged food, which is highly processed. And it's, uh, it seems pretty obvious to me that kind of no, no matter what you do, if, if you avoid that stuff and eat meat, fruit, vegetables, fish, essentially real food, that's going to get you like 90, 95, even 95% of the way there, depending on your health status, things of that nature. So that's just what I've been doing recently. And I'm feeling good. It'll be interesting to see how 
Well, I, I kind of suspect what I'll do as spring and summer approaches is, man, like to me, there's nothing like, especially you have a garden, fresh tomatoes, zucchini, salads, all that stuff. The fresher, especially when it's in season in summer, it's just, I love that. So I'll, I'll definitely start to pick up like the salad vegetable game here a little bit more as uh, things start to become in season, but I've just been like the fruit and protein focus has been awesome. So that's what I'm up to. I think nutrition, I've always, I've avoided it, especially when I was doing personal training and coaching a lot more. I, I kind of, I would talk about it in generalities, but I think there's so much nuance to it on a individual basis that it's hard to like prescribe, at least in my opinion, I think it's hard to prescribe to someone without a lot of background information about them, what that person or individual should be consuming for their nutrition. However, I think there's definitely these principles you can take that will get most people, like I said, 80, 90, 95, 99% of the way there. And that's just, it's whole foods, it's real foods. And, uh, I think to be honest, from my personal experience, I would also uh, encourage people to maybe look at their protein intake and, uh, especially, especially if you're training with any sort of intensity and consistency with specifically with, uh, resistance training. I think if you're doing more endurance type training and that's your real goal and focus, you might, might not need as much protein as someone that's doing a lot of heavy resistance training. So, um, something to consider. We'll keep, uh, we'll keep that conversation going with a little more nuance, a little more data and see where we get to. So that's, uh, that's me getting uh, back on the mic here. Again, I appreciate all you guys tuning in. Thank you for the feedback. And I've got actually on my phone, I have screenshots. I put a survey out on an Instagram story a while back just kind of asking for some topics. So I do have those and I do plan to address some, if not all of them in the near future. And if there's other stuff that comes up, please send it my way. Dan at monkey.co. You can DM us on Instagram at monkey.co. And there's probably a few other ways to get a hold of us over or some sort of digital medium. So stay wild guys. See you out there.